There's the highs and then there's the lows and then there's like really low and there's like a one moment of really greatness and then you're back to the daily grind. It is the hardest thing I've ever done, but I'm so proud of myself, especially when you get through those really, really, really bad moments and those bad moments may last a day or a week or five months, but you know, it's all about a duck on water and you just like keep everything looking fine and you just like you're scrambling and it makes you work so hard to get through that i'm alison rice and welcome to offline the podcast these are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast, and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create, and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. If you love fashion and worship at the altar of minimalist style, then you'll no doubt follow my next guest, Sarah Crampton otherwise known as Harper and Harley. She's one of the originals and she's been a leader in her space for a decade. Smart, strategic and a forward thinker, Sarah launched The Undone, an online store that capitalises on her reputation as Australia's most coveted fashion influencer, a true visionary move. She's also the most polite and thoughtful woman you'll ever meet. Truly, she's so sweet, I want to put her in my pocket and carry her around with me each day. Just one example, she gifted me a crystal on arrival to record, Aragonite, a gemstone that promotes self-worth. Here's Sarah and I for Offline. But the first question I want to ask you is kind of a big one. (laughs) What does it feel like to be one of Australia's biggest fashion bloggers, like really, truly, do you ever sort of stop and like, I don't know, like think about that? I find that really weird. Um, I know that I've been around for a really long time, but I don't know if I would count myself one of the best because I know I'm not like. You're very humble. (laughs) But when you say like, you know, the top tier or whatever it is. I know that it's not about being the best all the time, mm. like creating the most content or make, or creating the best content. Mm. It's about having a really strong voice and a really strong message that you're creating um, and sticking so it out. Well. I know because I was doing a bit of a Google. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> oh, um, no. 2008. That's a decade ago yeah. at the time of recording this. That's 10 years. Yeah, it's 10 years in December. But that is like such a long time. And I wonder yeah. like 
Was your did you start blogging out of a, a want or a desire to document your outfits? No, no, it wasn't. So I started the blog when I was nineteen at uni, and I was I'm totally obsessed with like reading the blogs overseas, like mm. the originals, like, like Jack and Jill, like, yeah, and um, La Fashion and Fashion Squad, Fashion and Toast, Fashion Toast, and all of those. Um, loved them so much and I was just like well I don't know there's anyone here in Australia that's doing this the only one that um was doing it and still is is Zanita yeah so she was right before me she she just turned 10 as well in her blog and her brand and um yeah so we've kind of been like the ones that stuck it out Mm. and then there's also like Mandy and Nicole Margaret Jess Tula um you know, we've really been the ones that stuck to it and kept on going. But how did you even know how to do it? Like I didn't. <laughs> so um You like how to start uh, a WordPress. Did you use WordPress? No, Blogspot. Blogspot. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> so like the whole thing only cost you like ten dollars to buy a domain, set it up. And you can have any like, domain you want, whereas <laughs> now you have to have like Yeah. Well, it was like halfbrahali.blogspot.com, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we moved over to WordPress and got, I think I bought halfbrahali.com early on as well just to have it. Um but you didn't know, I didn't know anything. And no one read it. And it wasn't photos of me. It was like collages. Oh. It was like just stuff I really liked. Oh, so it's like a mood board. Yeah. And then when did you start putting the clothes on and well, taking photos? I had to be like Googling how to take photos, what cameras to use. And it was all like really, really bad quality selfie timer, ran like random. Please don't look into my archives. <laughs> I'm so um, going to do that. So bad. Is it all still on your site? No, I think some have been lost Somehow with the transition from Blogspot to WordPress. But you're like, that's fine. I'm like, oh, God. Um, I think I could find them if I really wanted to. But um, it's, it's actually really interesting to think back and know that I've documented the entirety of my 20s. It's and it's quite emotional and you're like, I know what was happening at that point in time and I know like – but my blog was my happy, my happy place and it got me through, you know – early 20s is such a rough time of your life and discovering who you are and relationships and with yourself and with others and your work and everything so Chloe and I were actually talking about that on her episode and all of the things that we wish we knew in our 20s it's this weird thing are you 30 yet next year oh my god you're still a baby um I'm 33 now lovely um Something about turning 30, and I don't know whether it's the number or the um, the achievement that you kind of get even to your 30s in one kind yeah. of piece mentally actually, but all the things we wish we knew so that maybe our 20s wouldn't have been so painful mm. if we'd known how we were going to feel yeah. in our 30s, like all the stuff that we used to worry about yeah. and – all the people we spent time on that you just don't even talk to now. You just mm-hmm. think, God, like, but what was that like then? I wonder being in your twenties and having a profile yeah. in a sense, like how did you navigate that? that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I was so shy 
And so I think my blog really helped me create an identity for myself and to just explore who I was. And I think it, it really helped me get through my 20s mm. because I felt like I was I was doing something really important, even if it was just for me or just making myself really happy in a space. Mm. Like outside of the nine to five, like, yes, that's a great job and I'm learning a lot of things there, but I then could go home and do something I really, really, really enjoyed. Mm. And, yeah, I think that got me through a lot. But then you'd go out to like bars or something and someone would be like, oh, I follow your blog. And I'm like, oh, my God, someone reads was my that blog. Weird? I don't know. I've always it's really flattering. Mm. Even what's so funny, like even just the other night we went out to dinner with some friends and Richie, my husband, was ordering like some drinks at the bar and the bartender who's a male was like, I follow your blog and you're a wonderful. And I'm like, oh my God, you've made my day. Like every time that happens, it's so, so nice and humbling. It's so nice. You, I guess, in a way. Yeah. I've always said this about running websites, like, you know. It's often when you're out with your friends or you're at a barbecue or something and you think no one bloody knows what I do and no one really cares. And you're not in the mindset of even thinking no, about like it either. No, like wanting to talk about yeah. it. And then someone will say, oh, yeah, what do you do? And and then I'll say, oh, blah, blah, blah. And they're oh, my God, I read that. And you're like, yeah. oh, what? People actually read this thing? Yeah. You know, or oh, I follow you on Instagram, my humble three and a half thousand followers. <laughs> Super influential. Wonderful. I have micro, my engagement micro. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then can you tell me a little bit about, I like the thing on the 20s, but mm-hmm. then also as a teen mm-hmm. and when you were younger. Yeah. Do you feel like, and you might not be able to really answer this objectively, but were you always kind of innately stylish or do oh. you feel like you really came into your style through the blog? I definitely came into my style through the blog. I kind of picture you as like this five-year-old wearing exclusively black. (laughs) No, no. Do you know what the opposite? Like (laughs) horrifying. Um, Like my mum would like make clothes for me and like I would have like a purple party and I would have like, you know, a whole like snakeskin pants (laughs) with the boa. It's all purple. And like my, my room was painted bright pink and bright blue. And I think I maxed out. I think that's what happened. I was just like, it was an explosion of color up until I think I was like 13 or something. And then I'm like, no more. And then you literally went neutrals. Well, no, that's a lie. I'd probably like 24, I'd turn neutral. Yeah, because <laughs> when you started the blog, was it colourful? It was. Well, no, actually, the first post sums it up really well and I'm really proud of my first, the post. first post. It's like, if you like this kind of thing, then you'll like my blog and it was um, my style icons, Emmanuel Alt, oh, yes. the Olsen twins and Aaron Wasson. That stands up. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> a decade go girl, later. got this. Ten years later, I'm like, still okay with that. I think I was like... 10 years ago, very in a Nicole Richie, Alexa Chung phase. Oh, yeah. You know when those girls were like Poppy Delevingne. Big sunglasses. <laughs> Boho. Boho. I'm so And not a um, Rachel Zoe and all the, the troop. The troop, the LA troop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I've found about you and also so many of, I guess, your blogging peers is you're just exceptionally polite and hardworking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I call that out because I often hear these conversations about, oh, influencers and oh, bloggers. And I know you've heard those too. And I feel like I'm constantly in rooms standing up and saying, it's not true. Thank you. And we're all like, and they're all working 
still day jobs a lot of the time and if not they're working until 2am in the morning editing your fucking videos and stuff you know um but I wonder where does that come from like is that an upbringing thing for you or how you were parented do you think maybe yeah in terms of work ethic definitely in terms of work work ethic I know that's hard to say you can edit that if you want or keep it in (laughs) I'm keeping Um, it in (laughs) (laughs) so my family is super humble but also really successful my family runs um my family owned business for like 40 years my grandpa yeah my grandpa um started like a kitchenware kind of um wholesaling business he's still he's 89 still works two days a week what an angel yeah and my dad now runs it my brother just joined the company they had big dreams that I would also join and you're like sorry Mm, soz (laughs) but but now they'd laugh because I'm like you know like 20s and I'm like oh kitchenware is kind of interesting <laughs> like okay. what do you got in here yeah there's some really good stuff there's you know, anyway it's hilarious um no I think my family has always taught me that you know working hard working quietly but it, you can achieve so much without telling everyone how great you are and mm. how big and successful your team is or your warehouse is and all that kind of stuff I just find that so much there's so much noise that goes into people smoking Showing mirrors there. Yeah. Wealth and success. Yeah. And we have a bit of an obsession with that at the moment, oh. I think. It's like – I just hate that. Putting that on Instagram is a big deal. I will say you are um, very private. Very, yeah. Very private. Very um, edited with what I share with my personal life. Yeah. Yeah. Was it always that way or did you come to be more private? I was never really like out there um, with what I shared and I think – I don't know. I loved, I think because I was so shy that I wasn't going to be that person that was, you know, vlogging their way through this process. Mm. Um, I don't want people to seeing where I'm, where I live or my partner. I always believe that this is my choice that I'm in this industry. It's not my partner's choice and it's not my parents' choice or my roommates or my friends. It's mine. And a lot of people don't want to be out there and be on Instagram or on the internet you can't take it back and especially with all the negativity around like comments and when that was at its heightened like a few years back when people were really really negative I feel like it's dropped back now but I don't want people to say mean things about my mum or my you know that kind of stuff like that's not their choice so did you ever have that like did you have hate I was really fortunate that I never was on the back of any of that kind of stuff. Um, I also believe that negativity breeds negativity. And so if you keep that there or if you educate your followers, that's okay and you're going to let that go, that will just manifest itself into this awful realm. So if there was ever a weird comment or a non-constructive comment, I would write back or delete it. Just like it has no place. I'm all about the delete and block. Like Elle was saying that as well. It's like Mm. you don't – I don't have to give you a reason as to no, why no. I deleted that, but it's my space and my account. Even if someone's being inappropriate, like, oh, you you know, in a creepy way, they're saying things about what you look like. You get out of get here. some creeps. Be, see, see you later. Not so much. Mm. I've had some really weird ones. This guy was just following me everywhere. I'm like, okay, you're gone now. Not what in physical oh life. Oh, my God. <laughs> but everything on the line, you were doing yeah. online. I was just like, block. Oh, my God. Have you ever felt... Like scared for your safety or no? No, 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 nothing no, like that. Nothing like that. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Mm. Um, I do feel for the girls who, for whatever reason, they become a target. 
Yeah. And I think you have to be really careful with um, like geotagging and real life geo, like where you are. You should, I don't think you really should be like, I'm here right now. Like just pause it for a second. You can save it and put up later. That's interesting. So you think like for bigger talent. Yeah. That are going to have a following yeah. that will likely go where they are. No, absolutely. You should not do that. Yeah. It's interesting because I was reading about this new thing where it's not really that new, but we go on holiday or whatever and whether that's like influencer or talent or like just normal everyday Joe Blow, Mm. we take all our photos and stuff and then we continue posting when we get back pretending we're still there. Yeah. But we're really like at our desk or whatever or we're at home and why are we doing that? I think it's actually in like a Drake song as well. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know why we do it from like um – a content way is that you're spreading out the content because you have actually nothing else to talk about mm-hmm. and you want your feed to look nice. So you're just spreading out that blue ocean down into some other things because you haven't got anything else to post. But you're not staying there for three weeks. Like no one can afford that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just dribbling it out. It's like I think but that's like awesome for you to call out because I think there's a perception that we can afford it. Mm-mm. You know. No way. It's good – um context for young girls to know that it's your instagram's your job yes and creating content and being strategic with what you post when that's your your job and how you a part of how you earn a living so i want to talk about Mm. um the undone as well but i think it's great context for young girls who are looking at that as this holistic picture of your life when actually it's probably what, like 5%, 10% of, yeah. you know. Especially now it's come full circle where I'm back working 9 to 5 more, but Monday to Friday I have a sit down at the office kind of job and my blog is only a smidge of that now mm. where it's like my hustle on the side again. And so I'm shooting on the weekends on a two-hour time slot. I then, you know, that takes a couple of weeks to be edited and turned around and then – those images then get fed onto my Instagram and my blog, but and I'll do a bit of work at night as well. Um, but yeah, it's only a slither of my life, and it's only you know captured in a couple of hours every couple of weeks. Crazy, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And no, then I'm if I want to, I could honest. do like you know a still life somewhere, but that doesn't always show my face because you know Monday to Friday I don't feel that great, or you might have a bit of a bad skin week. You don't want to share that. Or you don't have to spend 15 minutes editing, lighting and editing your face on these apps that are on your phone. Oh, my God, I know. I feel like you've been quite honest about bad skincare days oh. or bad skin days. Yeah. I've appreciated that well, as I somebody think- who has large pores and melasma. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, you know, when you change your skincare routine, it's just like everything's fine for a month and then it just like erupts and there's nothing you can do about it. Do you reckon that's stress-related for you? Sometimes. Do you feel more... I guess you would, but more stressed now with the undone. Like, is this the most stressful? Yeah. 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 Because it's you and you're running it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask on that. Once you established the concept for the undone, Mm -hmm. did you purposefully look to diversify yourself and your life away from being an influencer to kind of future-proof in that sense or was it mm. more about being – you wanted to be more behind the scenes? I think it was a mix of a few different things. So I was blogging for like seven years um, before um, 
I thought about The Undone. So that's like three years ago now I thought about it and then nine months later we launched it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was – I had been doing the same thing for such a long time and I was – Seven-year cycles, mm, they're a real thing. That's so true. I'm just so closing true. one myself. Oh, that's – I didn't even think about it like mm. that. But that's so true. Um, and I just wanted to do something else and I wanted to put my other skills into practice and I wanted to continue to learn and I feel like I wasn't learning anymore. Um, you know, you, there's, not so much, there's only so much you can learn about blogging and, you know, trying to climb that ladder. Um, and so, yeah, it was definitely about future-proofing and wanting to, like, upskill myself. Mm. Again, I think that's amazing context because there's a lot of young girls who aspire to be an influencer. I can't handle that. I know because part of it is – Choosing not to go to uni. and not, No, you don't have to go to uni. I no, get that. but you should that. always try and learn. Have an education yeah. so that you have choice. Mm-hmm. And I think it's amazing that you are a role model for them to say, well, look, I did. Because it's you know, not super well documented that you had a successful career yeah. prior to, mm. you know, being a fashion yeah. and blogger. And it was really hard for me to then make that decision to step away. Mm. And I postponed that for a really long time. I was blogging for six years before Yes, it must have been. Oh, mm. maybe five years before I stepped away and did my blog full time. Wow. Yeah. Like that's, that's a really long time. Long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sarah and I have shared a few wines and war stories. Running your own business is tough and leading a team to greatness is, while exhilarating, also exhausting. Her ability to implement optimism as a coping mechanism has always inspired me even in the darkest of times. Like there's the highs and then there's the lows and then there's like really low and and there's like a one moment of really greatness and then you're back to the daily grind. Um, it is the hardest thing I've ever done, but I'm so proud of myself, especially when you get through those really, really, really bad moments and those bad moments may last a day or a week or five months, which was my last one. Really tough. Oh my God, that's a long so, time. Yeah, really. It was a bad moment. But, you know, it's all about a duck on water and you just like keep everything looking fine and you just like you're scrambling and it makes you work so hard to get through that. And also I'm a quite a positive person. I'm very optimistic. And when you're surrounded by people with – a bit of reality mm. um, and a bit of like also a bit of pessimistic kind of attitudes. It's really exhausting to keep lifting those people up. Oh, my God, I know. That I find really, really hard. Mm. Um, but you can't give in to that mindset. Otherwise, your business is going to fail. Like you, someone needs to say it's going to be okay. I know. And but actually put a plan to be in place. that person who says it's going to be okay all the time, that's personally what I've found most challenging about leading mm. is even on the days where – I'm actually not sure if it's going to be okay or I just want someone to tell me it's going to be okay. You've still got to be the one who's like, we're all good. Let's go, everyone. Like, As long as there's like an action, like we're going to be fine if we do this now, like everyone step up now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jeannie and I spoke about this in the first episode and I'm a huge believer of it. It's one of the things that I took away from her really early on in our sessions is taking responsibility for the energy you bring to a room. That's so true. And it's interesting because I think you have to be quite self-aware to do that, to kind of read a room really quickly or read an office Mm -hmm. 
or your boss or your peer or whatever it is and understand what you need to bring to that situation to make things better, more positive. But when you're the person who's doing that all the time and even when you've given that, I've done this before, I've given feedback that I need you to kind of be aware of what you're bringing in to the space. That's an interesting thing. And take responsibility for it. And then when they still don't do that, you're like, I can't really help you, you know mm. what I mean? But I'm also not going to let you bring this whole thing down Yeah, <laughs> around us as yeah. well because everyone – and I've tried to, you know, kind of lead with compassion around that. Like we all have stuff and sometimes you just can't help but let it trickle in to the workplace. But mm. if that's kind of your natural demeanour <laughs> – You can't have that 24-7. <laughs> like have a bad couple of days or whatever. Yeah. But- yeah, you have to be really aware of that. And who do you turn to? Do you have mentors or business you. mentors? <laughs> I've definitely turned to you once or twice. Yes, for the wines. I'm no. like, drink. That's what we do. <laughs> That's how we get through it. Oh, gosh. I remember um, there was a really bad day. We were at a beauty event at um, the grounds. Yeah. And um, you're like, how are you going? And I'm like, I'm not going very well. <laughs> and I think that was my bottom. I think mm. that was just like the worst. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's so important to just call it if you're having a, a bad time, being like, no, I'm not okay. Mm. Like, I'm really not. And then having, you know, some time set aside to be like, okay, let's just chat about this. And mm. as soon as you talk about it, it's halved and it's just like a release is there. When I asked Sarah her opinion on if we should be showing more of our struggles to normalize our feeds, Her answer was super pragmatic and grounded in fact. A little learning for me as someone who tends to let my emotions and feelings steer my opinion. I don't know. I I did listen to um, the Hilo recently. Do you listen to them? I love Um, Pandora. So they're back. They went on break. They're back. (laughs) Anyway, um, they actually had this inner question. They kind of summed up really well and I want to reference them because I thought they did a really good job at it. It's kind of like... um, like drink responsibly and um, absorb content responsibly mm-hmm. as a user of Instagram. So it's all about education and knowing that this is a filtered application on your phone. Mm-hmm. It is not reality. It was created to create beautiful content with filters. So everything you see, you need to understand is filtered in some way or form. The caption is filtered, it's thought out. The picture is in the best lighting possible or totally filtered out or airbrushed or you've seen those awful ads on your scrolling on Instagram feeds these days where you can make your eyes bigger and brighter and teeth are wider and all that kind of jazz. Have you seen those? No. I haven't seen They are them. so horrible and everyone comments being like, this is the worst thing ever. Um, but these things are out there and people are changing everything about themselves on this application. But mm. it's all about – but people would like to look at them. People really enjoy it as an entertainment – a method and an entertainment kind of channel. So, you know, it's people like that. It's like a bad boyfriend. You think? Or it's like it's, we shouldn't be around him, but we can't <laughs> get enough of him. I think it's all about how comfortable you are with yourself, mm-hmm. with how you see Instagram. I find I have a really healthy relationship with it because, one, I know it's all fake, but I still enjoy it. Because I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Or I'm learning something. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that, that was happening. Or I can watch a runway show. Or I can, you know, see something from a friend like Zanita in New York. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. I love seeing her. Like, mm. you know, it's connecting people. And, but it's totally up to the user to understand that it isn't real. 
I think that is such amazing advice mm-hmm. and I actually don't think we've covered that so far in the podcast of just yeah. calling it out to say is it actually and honestly it's a big part of my goal with the podcast is getting women to think harder about developing their own morals and opinions and ethics and building out their character so that they strengthen themselves Mm -hmm. so that when they are scrolling Instagram, they're not feeling less than because they feel already empowered and confident and they know who they are. Yeah. But how interesting for you to kind of see it as very black and white. That's a very black and white opinion of like. Yeah, it's fake. I know it's fake because I filter things Mm. like it's not it's not raw. It's not like the exact moment in time unedited Mm. Carmen um talks about which I'd love to get your opinion on I I talk to her all the time about this kind of stuff love it Um, we're just like (laughs) (laughs) standing on a street corner trying to get the shot what is that like or do you think you've got it down to a fine arc if you're in a two hour oh yeah yeah I'm like a six outfit in two hour Mm. yeah it's fine it's all about having a great photographer that knows you really well and I, oh, I hate standing in public with a photographer, and everyone's like looking at you, and they're like, "Is that girl famous?" And I'm like, "Stop looking at me! I need to leave. Like, don't! I need to go." But then and so like, I'm waves really quick, and we're just like in and out. I know what I'm doing. I can, you know, work my poses and get it done. Um, and we're out. <laughs> do you, but are you kind of like? I am a bit famous. No, I can't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> Because I'm not. The I'm, same. Just, I'm just a girl on Instagram. It's so fine. And you know, because like, and she's the same. I've watched you both because, you know, we go to events and they make you do the red carpet and they look at me and they're like, hi, how are you? I'm like, good. <laughs> Which I've always loved because I don't want to go and like, I tend my eyes are closed in everything anyway. So the photo's never usable if I'm in it. I told you that at an event recently. Like, <laughs> really? You don't want to get a photo with me. But do you feel like you have your kind of. Yeah, you go into work mode. You're just like, okay, here you know I am. Where your face looks good. Well, you just, yeah, yeah. It's needed to actually help me work on my like my pose. I remember because she was, used to be a model and she's a photographer, so she was like, "This is what you need to do. Just you know, like squint your eyes a little bit and like soften the face." I don't know what she said, but it it helped. You know, I just, just tell you what drunk to do. When I do that, <laughs> I look tired a lot. Actually, I got sleepy eyes, like always, mm. <laughs> always sleepy eyes. Um, we have had some really great chats about this obsession with likes mm. and following and comments. Yep. And I wonder what advice you have for women and girls who maybe sort of place their self-worth on those metrics? It's so hard because I don't really participate in um, a personal Instagram account. I've got one, don't, I think I even, I don't even have it on my little list of Instagram accounts I'm logged into, I just don't use it. Um, So I don't, I really understand that side of things. Although I remember maybe having a Facebook or a MySpace account back in the day and it was like, how many friends do I have? I'm like, oh, I've, I've got a thousand. I'm like, do I even know these people? Like, is they're not even, you know, your closest friend. So I don't like, I don't think it's something that we should be so obsessed with. Um, and I just hate that people view it like that. Um, I know, like, I can only think about it in the way my girlfriends talk about it in terms of work where you're like, oh, I've only got you know, 300 likes in the first half hour, should I delete it? 
and it's like, oh, just leave it. Just let it go. Um, I find it even more comforting now with the algorithm being like, it's just the algorithm. It's not even you. Just let it go. It could like, you know, grow overnight and all of a sudden it's one of your best posts. You just have to let it go and not overthink it. Do you find that difficult working with clients or no? Uh, Because they have an expectation of like what the post is going to do in terms of likes. There's always some brands every once in a while that are like, we just, we want it to be this amount of likes or something like that. But to be honest, I think either I've got a really good manager who deals with that really well or – You do have a good manager. I do. Nadine, I love you. You're great. Um, Who just takes care of all that and makes me just at ease or I don't get that kind of like demanding kind Mm. of client. And I think like I'm trying like always not to go into like digital strategy on this thing. I'm about to like very quickly. But I think you are more of an environment by – as well, like people, like clients want to be around what you're doing versus probably measuring it down to it's like. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah. you can't, you, you cannot get obsessed with it because that will kill you. Mm. Your mind, your whole brand, you just can't let that, like, you can't go down that rabbit hole ever. No. Well, there's just got to be more. Like, I've been thinking so much about, you know, how many followers you have on Instagram what your job is what you're called and then you achieve all these things Mm. and ultimately you're sitting at a desk with all your Instagram followers (laughs) answering emails you know and I just like think about that and I go wow like is this it like should we not be living our true selves should we not be traveling the world should Mm. we not be eating the fucking donut whenever we want it and wearing the labels we want to wear because we like them not because what people think of us if we wear them Mm. I just am like so there at the moment and I have been for a lot of this year of just who are we doing all of this for like we get into these jobs or launch these things are we truly launching it for us mm, or, or doing the hours for us? Yeah, or are you going to a cafe for that Instagram account, like Instagram photo, or are you wearing that thing for the Instagram photo? So, Living your life oh, on a highlight reel. Like, yeah, that's not cool. It's scary, yeah. you know. I think you've actually got really great perspective, like for somebody who's very in the industry and while it's not – anymore your main business mm. it's still a portion of well, it's, it's your the way I pay my bills and I have to make sure that it's still a really healthy business as well mm. and that's really difficult actually trying to balance that but um I think maybe it's because I've been around it for so long I've seen that whole thing change and I started pre-Instagram I think that really helped me as well mm. just it's like okay this thing came along and yes it has changed everything but it's not the be all end all and one day it's all gonna fall apart it is. Well, I think my bet, if you're listening Instagram. <laughs> Sorry, Instagram, we do love you. It's no, we just that we think you're going to fail. I keep saying that in every episode. I am obsessed with Instagram. It's more <laughs> that I probably just have to measure why I'm on it when I'm on it, not yeah. just getting on it because there's nothing to do and I'm like watching TV and then I open my phone. and yeah. But you have to assume like every platform, the moment that you hand over your content for free, mm-hmm. they're eventually going to charge you to be on the platform. Oh. And yeah. I think that's going to be broadly the challenge for influencers yeah. is when they have to pay themselves yeah. um, to be on it or what happens if Instagram starts taking a fee. Mm. <laughs> 
as a distribution partner. Every post costs 30 cents. (laughs) Right? Every like, they take a revenue share on a like. Well, the Facebook thing, that's all done, isn't it? Yeah. And they own Instagram. So Mm. anyway, see, once again, Mm. I just got to get out of the digital strategy and into the true self. Um, I have a couple more questions for you. Do you ever just like today want to wear like bright pink or yellow or green? People ask me this all the time. Have that day where you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to wear color? No. (laughs) Because the reason why I don't is because it doesn't make me happy. And I've found that my minimal palette is what makes me much more happy and more um, self confident. And I just feel myself in the way I dress right now. When I was wearing bright colors, I feel like everyone was looking at me mm. and that made me feel so uncomfortable. That's so interesting. I have a thing with patterns. Yeah. I wear a little bit of color. I'm much more tonal now. Yeah. But I can't leave the house. Do you ever have that where you kind of leave and you're like, no, this is going to annoy you all day? Well, that's the thing. Like I remember being that person that was like, I can't believe I'm now on the bus and I can't turn back. <laughs> and you're just like, no, I have to. I can't be here. Like that, like crippling, like crippling style issue. Like you, you have to find your style when that happens. Like yes. What advice do you have? I'm adding in a question now. Yes. What advice do you have for women who obviously have a lot of people looking up to your amazing style? What advice do you have to find your personal style? I think it's such a hard thing to do. It's hard, but I think how I found it was put a bunch of things on. And just work out what makes you really, really happy and work, look at things that make you uncomfortable or like second guess yourself a little bit, all that kind of stuff. And also get to know your body and mm. what your shapes are. And like for me, like I'm not going to wear a mini skirt and don't even try it because I just don't feel my best when I'm showing all my legs. But like on you, for example, amazing. Like, and I like color on I'm other people too. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just find like know yourself – know what feels good on you and just once you know that it's so easy because you just like I go to a store now or shop online filter by black white gray navy and it's all there like you know it's just all there and I'm like okay midi skirt cool high waisted jean great one if I'm done done makes it so easy so easy um so a question that I'm asking every guest on offline Mm. is the last question when you're sitting in your true self, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is forget the label, influencer, forget the undone, forget mm. wife, all of that yeah. stuff, all the titles, who are you? And I ask that because I don't think I've got my own yeah. answer yet. Well, it's such a like multi-layered kind of thing. Um I don't know. I think I'm just Sarah or, you know, if I've always called a different name, I'm about to be myself. Um, I'm just happy in myself. I've grown to love myself and be kind to myself. And, you know, if everyone in my life disappeared or everything fell apart, I would still be okay because I've, I'm my own friend. I think that's one of the best answers. Aww. <laughs> I winged that one a little bit, but I do feel like... I learned really early that I had to be my own best friend and to be really kind to myself because if you're not, it's like when things all fall apart, you have no one to turn to. But if you're your own best friend, you have someone to like be like, it's okay. Yeah, that's mentally kind <laughs> yeah. to you because yeah. the, 
the um the really self-sabotaging narratives we run in our own minds yeah. about ourselves mm-hmm. it's actually crazy what we put ourselves through yeah yeah well yeah. I would love to thank you for being yeah. on my podcast thanks for having me I appreciate it <laughs> and yeah see you soon bye <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them. 